follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. We have a very special content for you tonight. But first, gentlemen, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Shad. Yeah? What about yep. you, Brad? I'm doing good as well. See, I was kind of waiting for a C or something like that, but that's okay. I, I'm eagerly <laughs> awaiting my I Survived the Iowa Caucus of 2020 shirt to show up. <laughs> well, you're you're going to be waiting a while. They're not ready. Oh, damn um, it. <laughs> it's we, funny. Tonight, tonight is actually like the, the State of the Union yeah. um, as we're recording this, uh, which I always hate watching those. So, oh, yeah, uh, the most doing, boring things ever. Yeah, doing the podcast is working out for my wife because she, <laughs> she usually likes to watch those. And I'm like, no, I don't want to watch politics. So I think, I think the last one, I, I think the last one I watched was like, a Bill Clinton one in 1997 that I promptly passed out five minutes into, and I've never watched a single one since. Yeah. Which means we're going to talk about something important. We're going to talk about some wrestling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we w- we got to do some shout-outs real quick. First of all, our first shout-out's going to go to our affiliate. That's Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Come use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's the number four capital C and corners capital P and podcast. No spaces. Save ten percent off your order. And then, Matt, we have a very special shout out because it's very important tonight. More important than all the other times it's been important. <laughs> what do we got? Yeah, that would be to Epico Cologne or Orlando Cologne, Cologne yes. as he is also known. Um, yeah, tonight we finally get a chance to review some of his work outside of the WWE, so that's uh, that's exciting. Yep, it is exciting. Mm-hmm. We're looking. We've been looking forward to this. We've just kind of needed to to get together to do it. So um, that's what we're going to do. Is we're going to be diving into a little World Wrestling Council. Now, um, just so you guys know, uh, I believe there's two episodes that we covered. Yeah, two episodes. So we. We covered the 9-14-2019 episode and the more recent January 26th, 2019 episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find these on YouTube in their entirety. Um, it's under it's World Wrestling Council or WWC Lucha Libre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is, I believe they call the show Super... Super, Estrella, est- yeah, Super Estrellas. Yeah, De Lucha Libre. Um, that is the that has been their TV show dating back into the '80s, maybe into the '70s. Like, and this has still got like a, as far as I know, in Puerto Rico, this still has like a prime television slot. Like, I think it's like on a Saturday on like a main channel or something. Wow. 
and it's been going since the 80s. And now, and I'm going to tell you, um, if you do not speak Spanish, if you're paying attention, you can kind of pick up on some stuff because body language is kind of universal. But don't try and use the translated YouTube closed captions. Their because, oh, my God. Their, their announcers are particularly hard to follow because they don't – they kind of mumble a lot. And they go fast. <clears throat> they go real fast. Because, like, I was I – was, because I, I – at one point in my life, I could speak a bit of Spanish, so I was trying to pick up keywords from them, but they were going, like, too fast, and they weren't speaking kind of – they weren't enunciating well enough for me to pick up enough. Like even trying to pick up guys' names, it wasn't happening. Yeah. Yeah. That was a challenge. Yeah. I should have um I should have asked my wife to watch this with me because she actually speaks really good Spanish. Uh-huh. Uh but I took Spanish for like five years and then promptly forgot <laughs> just about all of it. So are you I, me, Matt? Yeah, I there's like there were some words here and there, um, but if they were if they were speaking kind of rapidly or they were mumbling, I did, well, then, I did, yeah. I kind of missed out on a lot of it. I, I think that the horrible echo because they were they obviously post produced this and they did not like they're not doing it in a studio. I think hurt the ability to understand them as well. Yeah, can before we like dive into the episodes, can I digress uh, about something really yeah, quickly? Yeah. Uh, I meant to say this last week, and I apologize because uh, now it's a little like off topic. But uh, it, we were we did kind of like a brief review of Royal Rumble last uh, last episode, mm-hmm. and I had listened to the re- the episode we had did discussing the Royal Rumble 2019, so the previous year's Rumble. Yeah, and it was kind of fascinating uh, because if we only knew then what we know now, uh, there were three <laughs> there were three things that came up that when I listened to the episode. I was like, oh my god! Like, I need to, I need to mention this. There was three things. One, we had a whole discussion about the authors of pain and why they weren't being used. And I think I even said it would be a great idea if you had the authors of pain come back and just have them be the muscle for like a main event heel or a heel. So uh, that was a good, good idea. I feel, although uh, I, I don't like the. Uh, the way it's been applied <laughs> to yeah. the modern day product. The second thing, we had a whole discussion about how uh, it wasn't a great thing for Seth Rollins to, to win the Rumble because he's not like a main event face talent. And uh, I think we were vindicated on that one, guys. I think 2019 showed. Mm-hmm. You don't put Seth Rollins as like your number one baby face unless you want to tank the business further. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing was talking about... Um, Dean Ambrose, aka John Moxley, not renewing his contract, and what 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 would become of him in 2019? Uh, I think I think he came out okay. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of disagree with that because if he had stayed in WWE, he might have saved his eye. Oh, that's true. That's true. He might have uh, he might have saved that eye, but then he wouldn't be fighting uh, Minoru Suzuki. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Wait, are you like? Did something seriously happen with his eye that I'm not aware of, or is this a gimmick? Oh, they um they they retaliated against him breaking that bottle over Jericho's head and spiked his eye, and he's been wearing an eye patch even in. Oh, like, okay. No, but you don't understand. Like he had a match in in New Japan like <laughs> over the weekend, and he still had the eye patch on. Oh yeah, he's selling it. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, with Moxley, that doesn't surprise me. So. <clears throat> And we also got we also got probably the biggest 
wrestling announcement of all time um, during the Super Bowl, which is we are getting Minoru Suzuki versus Orange Cassidy. Yep. At spring break. Joey Janela spring break. The man is uh, which, a genius. And I, I, believe, I already have. Mm-hmm. And I believe Great Mood has been announced for that. Oh, really? He, I saw him listed in relation to it with Will Osprey. <clears throat> so basically, I'm already throwing my money at this. At the, I'm sure Fight TV will have the collective having yeah. all these different shows on. And I'm just, they already have my money. Yeah, they're going to have my money too. Because my cousin wants to see Bloodsport um, 3. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'll get the collective thing. And then I was going ha- to do a dark match with my, my wife again this year. And um, I usually pick one of the more weird, like, kind of offshoot things. So I think we're going to do Effie's Big Gay Brunch uh, this year. Yeah. As I mentioned, I'm excited to see that. Yeah. If you want to do a dark match for um, <laughs> WrestleMania with a war, war Horse and uh, Dan Housen. Dan Housen would, cracks me up. Or Bloodsport. I'd be down for either one. I watched that... Um, RJ, who was it? It was RJ something. RJ or was, yeah. Was in was was like interviewing him, and he's like, "How do you pronounce it?" Like he's like, "It's Danhausen. It's German and evil." Yeah, that's kind of like his gimmick, where he talks about how things are evil. That he, but in a very like a very like amusing, very uh, endearing way. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like someone like watched about. 72 hours straight of the uh, Sven Gulli show and then yep. made that his gimmick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was RJ City as the guy who was... Um, oh, yeah, RJ City. Yeah. That's right. Warhorse, uh, I don't know if you have been paying attention to the the Retroid Mania game. Yeah, I saw he got announced for that. Yeah, he. there was actually... A, so Retroid Mania, for those who aren't aware, um, it's, it's supposed to be the spiritual successor to... Um, what was it? WrestleFest? The old yeah, WWE... WWF at the time. Arcade game. And they are doing an updated... Well, I won't say updated because it's not WWF branded, obviously. But they're going to do a game for Xbox, PS4... I think it's on uh, PC too and Switch. PC, the Switch, like all the different platforms, and it's going to be a wrestling game, uh, and it's going to be kind of that in that that old like sprite uh, graphic type of style. And they have a few guys who are already announced for it, like Tommy Dreamer, Nick Aldis, a few other folks, uh, Zack Saber Jr. Yeah, Cole Cabana is in there. Zack Saber Jr. Um, and then they were doing a contest for indie workers. And uh, fans chose like they could they could put up names who they wanted to see in there. There was a contest with people who were nominated, and then Warhorse actually won the whole contest. So he is actually in the game. So uh, I'm excited about that. I actually I'm curious if they have if it's just straight up just the game, or if they have like a creator wrestler feature. Yeah, we'll have to see. I would hope so. I mean, even like the old school like Fire Pro Wrestling games for like the the Game Boy Arcade. Yeah. They they gave you like the creator wrestler. So if they could have you in just a rudimentary one, that would be awesome. That but, was great when um mm-hmm. they released the Fire Pro World on Steam. Is mm-hmm. you could just go into the Steam workshop and you could just get anyone you want like pre built for you. Yeah, I don't I haven't actually had a chance to to play the Fire Pro game for the PS4. I own it. 
Uh, I don't you know. Gotta, if... You got to really want to to learn that though, because I mean, I, I know you played on Game Boy, but they 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 have a learning curve because like you have to learn how to breathe, you know, <clears throat> how the guys' move sets work and things like that. It's 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 a complicated game. It is. It's it's. But in my opinion, it is arguably the best. The the Fire Pro series is arguably the best wrestling game out there because it, it's not going to have like the best graphics, but it, the gameplay can it winds up being tremendous, and it, it's even fun just to have as a simulator. Yeah, you can literally just have the computer control all the workers, and there will be fantastic matches. In fact, yeah, if you go on, if you ever want to like go down a rabbit hole. Just go on YouTube and search for like Fire Pro wrestling matches, and it's just people who've like created wrestlers. Let's say you want to have like a, a Big Van Vader created wrestler against like a, I don't know Roman Reigns, like a modern day person, and they'll just sim those, and it'll wind up being like fascinating, like entertaining matches that are just entirely computer done. And there's people that have like whole like promotions on their YouTube channel too. Yeah. So I'm excited. I, I'm hoping that the Retroidvania game might have just a touch of that. I don't. I don't. It's not going to be exactly like that. Obviously, I really yeah. want. I would die for a Fire Pro game for like the Switch, and I don't know yeah. why they don't do that. That would be they, they absolutely perfect. Ported, I think. I think. I think they might. Because I know a lot they, of people have had a lot of luck with porting <laughs> indie games to the Switch. They can honestly port. Uh, not this newest one that's for the PS4, but they could port the one that was done for like the PS2 a few years back, Fire Pro Wrestling Returns. Oh, like yeah, just I remember do, that one. If they just did that and then kind of maybe updated it, like yeah. that'd be, that'd be, that'd probably be easy. And yeah. I think there'd be a market for now. I mean, right now would be the time to do that because there is a market for, for wrestling games. I would kind of like want an anthology one to come out, like if some of the ones we never got, like, um, the scramble one like i think the dreamcast one and like the saturn one because those are supposed to be the best ones Mm -hmm. but um yeah there's also some other like weird ones like i've thought about buying for my n64 like there's like an all japan game and there i think even all japan women had like a game on the super nintendo well really super famicom Mm -hmm. is it was called over there Interesting. I'll have to look. Metal Jesus Rocks <clears throat> has a video on all like the the Japanese only wrestling games. Hmm. Which is if you like retro video games, I highly recommend his channel. Like he he worked as like a customer support person for Sierra in the nineties and you know, he has a really nice collection and like a group of friends that and they really cover a lot of cool, like obscure stuff. Hmm. But I watch way too much YouTube video game stuff. <laughs> I mean, I have uh, I've seen some stuff on YouTube that just games that have been announced that I basically either bought or haven't come out yet, but I'm kind of tracking to see when it does to buy. So it it can definitely like get you onto stuff that you otherwise might not have heard of. Yeah, I agree with that, and it's it's <laughs> especially good for like. I, there's some channels I I follow that do like old RPGs because it's always nice to like catch mm-hmm. on to something you might have missed. Yeah. Uh, one more, kind of switching gears from video games. There is there was one last bit of news. Uh, I had mentioned to you guys. I guess next month, uh, or maybe later this month, 
it's going to be the New York Toy Fair and Jazzwares, which is a company that I guess does like Fortnite toys. Uh, they've announced they're doing all elite wrestling figures. So we're going to get our first look at those. So I actually probably would be tempted to buy those. So I'm kind of getting into collecting of at least wrestling figures. It would depend on um, the person. <clears throat> I might get one or two of them, depending. Like, I'd probably get um, a Jungle Boy and um, an Orange Cassidy, obviously. Mm-hmm. I feel like, though, if you do an Orange Cassidy, like, and it has articulation, he needs to not be able to, like, stand up under his own power. <laughs> just have him lounging. Yes. <laughs> it's just slumped over. Yeah. So, um... So we did, so like I said we did the the 9 14 2019 episode and the January 26 2020 episode. Mhm. So um just to get into this before we kind of climb into this a bit, if you want to watch this, I'm going to warn you like it's fairly lowish budget. Like um don't expect a lot of bells and whistles. Well, there's there's not at all. Yeah. <laughs> there's very few. The production value is uh, not very high. No. It's kind of like if you if you if you're familiar with um, ROH in the 2000s before they started doing TV, it's about a step or two above that. Yeah. It's a more polished version of that, I'd say. But so, um, so the first episode we we had um, what the first match was a street fight with Chicano and was it Cervantes or something? I didn't know who the hell either one of these guys were. I which one was which one was Chicano? The guy, the in, the guy blue? in blue. Yeah. Okay, that's Chicano. Yeah. And the other guy looked like a Savant. Savant. Yeah. The other, he just looked. He, I mean, I I don't know, so I don't want to like. He has start, skull. Start a, I looked. I looked at pictures of him. Sometimes he wears like skull face paint. How do you spell his name? It's um. Well, he has a first name, so it's X I X is his first name. Then his last name is X A V A N T. Savant. Yeah. So he wears face paint sometimes. I think he was dressed down a little more for this because of what obviously happens later in the match. So yeah. this was a, this was a street fight that had happened earlier in the summer. Um, so Shad and I were kind of talking about this before the show, and so our back and forth on it was kind of, you know what, this wasn't a very good match, but they kind of did some original things that stuck with me, and I enjoyed some of like the the stuff with the fire. They did a lot of like schmas in this match. There was a lot of gimmicks that happened. Yeah, because I was like, "Oh, he's got a he's got a bat with a chain on it. Oh, he's setting the bat on fire." Yeah, and then he, um, I guess he used lighter fluid or something like that to spit fire. Uh, Shad and I were thinking it was probably kerosene. <clears throat> Shad thinks that it was okay. kerosene on the table because of the way it burned. Because we, because mm. it was kind of funny, because the referee was trying to put the table out after the fact, and he couldn't get it to to go out. Yeah, I mean, Zavant 
looked he looked like he had some of that juice bloat that you get. I think he's older. Let me look. Cause he has a he has a profile. I think he's older. So oh. Let's see here. So I think he's he is thirty seven. Thirty seven. So he's okay. kind of starting to. So I think he, I think he's getting that kind of. He might have some of that bloat, but I also think he might have been a big guy that's getting like everything's kind of <clears throat> taking a Sir, taking a tab- drop downstairs. Uh, yeah, that's metabolism starting to go down. Yeah. But I. <clears throat> What I Looks thought like he was, was trained by Ricky Banderas. Yeah. Hmm. So what I thought was interesting about this, so like they, they set the bat on fire, then um, Chicano takes the bat and like blows fire on Savant's back, which that was actually a really cool looking spot. I like that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it made sense why his hair was so wet when he came down to the rig. Now, my big problem with this match, though, I, well, and then they set the table on fire and did some spots of that, but my big problem with this is they mixed, they like, the production was so bad, it sounded like the crowd was really hot, but the, the announcers were overwhelming everything so bad, you couldn't tell. Well, the other problem is that the, the, the well, however you want to call it, it's not really, like, an arena, it's, it's like a smaller venue, but... It's like a fairgrounds, almost, the way it looks. Yeah, but it's so damn dark. Yeah. Like, there could be a thousand people there. There could be, like, a hundred. It's hard to say because it's really dark. And you can't really see what's going on. So, I mean, you can see the action. But in terms of, like, the crowd's reactions to things, you can't really see anything. You can't hear it either. You can hear the air horns. But, um, and there is just so much dead space. But, I mean, I guess they keep it dark because we saw what happened in the main event. Oof. Oh, my God. Was that supposed to be the same venue? No, that's a different venue. I was about to say because that we'll get to that. That because, was because they did the they did that second venue for the um the later show, and like I said, the the crowd's far away, but it looks like they have a decent crowd that you can see there. Like I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if they had like between five hundred and a thousand people at that one. But like that other that's venue, pr- they probably fair. Yeah. yeah, but that other venue they were running, I they were probably lucky if they had like a hundred there. Oh, I, probably even less than that. There yeah. was they looked like no one was there, and I actually felt really bad and embarrassed for both Epico and for Eli Drake. It's like I know these guys. Uh, at least Eli Drake isn't like a huge star, but it's like come on. Yeah, and but like I said, like the the darker arena, it felt like it felt like there was a crowd there. It wasn't embarrassing. No, there was definitely a crowd there. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that 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 the the gym crowd, like the gym one, I'm betting is like a smaller town that they don't draw well in anymore. But that's like the mm-hmm. only building they can run, mm-hmm. and they probably get some deal on it. I also want to say twelve dollars for a general admission is quite the deal. They kept <laughs> they kept showing advertisements, yeah, for like an upcoming show, and yeah, it was like twelve dollars. Um, well, I was like, I was like, because I saw that, I'm like, well, shit, man, I want to go to one of those shows for twelve dollars. I would go. Yeah, yeah, why not? And I mean, because like, it, it, like it's I will 12... say this across the mm-hmm. shows, there were flaws in this promotion, but I think every match I watched was at least watchable. Like there was nothing yeah, outright that... bad. It was watchable. Um, I I wasn't as enamored 
with this as I obviously had someone with like power or when we watched MLW, I just felt like there was way more polish Yeah, with those but, shows, even though it was something like MLW, like the, the, they also kind of suffer from lower production values, but I thought that was a little more polished, whereas this was a, a little bit unpolished, well, like a lot unpolished at points, yeah. but uh, you're right that at least people are trying, um, more in like the second episode we can get to it but there was it did remind me I know it has Lucha Libre in the name it reminded me a little bit of watching like the old days when I watched like Galavision and I saw like CMLL or AAA Uh, and I don't mean that in a good way because there were things about Lucha Libre when I watched that that I didn't like but uh, we need to do an episode on Lucha Libre because Lucha Libre (laughs) has a very harsh learning curve to it because like once you understand Lucha Libre, it's awesome, but mm-hmm. you have to get over you have to get over that first hump with it. And like I know when pro- I got into it, like mm-hmm. it was it was like when I finally like learned it all, it was like the early two thousands, and it's really like there was not resources to learn like the captain thing and like what was legal and illegal and like how like going to the captain thing. Like I had no idea, and I've had to explain to a lot of people is. No, you either have to pin the captain or the two non-captains to win a fall. Yeah, the problem also, at least with like those old like CMLL or AAA shows, is that you'd have like you'd have really great workers, and then you would have the guys who are literally who clearly are like sixty years old and can't even like bump anymore, and uh, they're like still Pyroth Junior or whatever. Yeah, Pyroth. Yeah, Pyroth yeah. or El Satanico. Um, and they just like can't they can't work. You you'd have like fifty year old dudes like uh, and some of them could actually Olympico, yeah. oh like Olympico or Negro Casas like they could but like work their asses off. And it's like I got no problems with them. But when you have when you have like El, El Satanico or um, God, who am I thinking of? Super Porky. Uh, you know what? Super Porky could still bump, and he was fun to watch. Like he had like a lot of personality. Like I didn't mind. And he Super came Por- out to the Looney Tunes theme. Yeah, I didn't mind him. Like, he was awesome. And I loved. I love the CMLL announcer being like Super Porky. Super Porky. Yeah. I can't roll my R's like he can. But. Yeah. Or they just have like shitty workers, like. Uh, Emilio Charles. Oh like, God, he was terrible. he was terrible. I mean, I'm, I look in their in their heyday, like he was good, but it, it, it yeah. yeah. Uh, who else? Let me. Or think. you get like the rare Mil Mascaras appearance, and like he could barely. Oh walk. God, yeah. Atlantis was the guy I'm thinking of. Atlantis like would put over like some really awesome matches. Oh, he's still good. Yeah, he's still good, and he's at least in his fifties. He's gotta be. Oh, and like, like Blue Panther is like still like graceful, and he's like sixty. Mm-hmm. It's just it's nuts. Like it's nuts how good some of those guys still are. Oh, uh, I'm trying to think. It's not a. It's not Mascara Anyo. Maybe it was the original Sincaras. Oh, Mystico? That's who. Oh, no, no. No. I don't think Mystico was. 
No, Mystico was good. He just sucked in Mystico was good. Because I used to love watching him and um, uh, El Hero de Paraguayo Jr. Well, Paraguayo or Paraguayo oh, Jr. Yeah. Before, you know, yeah. the bad yeah. stuff happened. And mm-hmm. Averno and Mephisto were... Mephisto's still good, and so is Averno. Oh, yeah. Now, there was like a ton of uh, six-mans with... I mean, they were carrying El Satanico, but then occasionally they would have... Like uh, just tag team matches with uh, Averno or uh, Mephisto, and they were awesome. I know who you're thinking about. You're thinking about um, probably thinking about Universo Dos Anos. Yes, that's who it is. Terrible. Oh my god. Slow as like he couldn't move. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Like I know, I no offense to the guy like trying to still make a living, and and I get that he's he was probably like a legend. So it it, I don't if you had a a North American like. English wrestler equivalent would be like, I don't know. Bulldog Bob Brown. Yeah, but I mean, he just couldn't work. Like, take now, now compare that to some guy like Tim Storm, who is legit, like, he's like 54, I want to say, and can still work. Yeah. And quite like amazing promos. But uh, I mean, there's still dudes who are really good. Like, uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. Dr. Wagner Jr. is fantastic, and he's like in his mid 50s. And L.A. Park, who. The fatter his ass gets, the better he seems to get. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's like a fat motherfucker, and then you're like, "Holy shit, this dude can still go." Yeah, you know, I think I was, I, I think in talking through this, like I've we've sold ourselves on doing a, a lucha episode. Oh, I, I don't I want to because Shad hasn't really seen lucha, and I really want to like, I want him to go in like raw and see like, mm-hmm. and see how he reacts because since he actually worked, like, I think their style is just gonna be like. Because I think he's going to expect it to be like WCW, and I don't think he's going to realize they work like a really dumbed-down, just spot-heavy version. Yeah. Hey, what show should we do? I mean, we could go super easy and just do like When Worlds Collide, because well, that's got... That's, Cubs fa- the Cubs hmm? fan blog guy posts like all the big matches individually on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So we could actually just cherry-pick... Um, some modern stuff with workers we know that are good. Okay. Because they even do like the indies. They even do like um, that IWRG or whatever and um, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a uh, potentially contentious statement because uh, I know he has his fans and I think he's he can be entertaining as a podcaster or a guest on like a shoot or something. But I don't know if I have ever seen a Conan match that I thought was good. Maybe the Paraguayo match on When Worlds Collide. But for a dude who is like so over in Mexico, like I never thought, I never got Conan. I just never did. I never thought he was good. I, I would think, I think he would tell you he wasn't very good as a worker. I don't even know how to equate him to like if you could equate him to like a a modern day worker in turn he he was because he was big but even someone like Roman Reigns who like has been a big star the last like five years like Roman Reigns like I, I think we've I've definitely been hard on him and have not wanted him to be like the main guy but I would say he's a good worker yeah he's not like he may not be great he's not like a a legend but I think he's a good worker he's- you know what Conan is? He's pretty much Jake Roberts. Uh, but I don't even like that comparison because I think Jake Roberts 
even he, if he, he wasn't the Jake best Roberts. in ring, like had way more psychology and was a he, better he talker. Has, he has Jake Roberts like physical limitations, but he doesn't quite have the same mastery of of the sport. Mm-hmm. That's interesting though. I'd have to think back because I he's not like a lot of his WCW stuff isn't good, but it's also not blatantly offensive either. Like he, he, he might be like Brutus the Barber Beefcake. <laughs> you know, maybe. Yeah, but see, Brutus kind of. I feel like Beefcake was underrated for a while because, like, if you look at Beefcake in like '89 into '90, he's actually not terrible. And then, like, he got his face like essentially destroyed, and then he was terrible again. Yeah. But I feel like people equate like that post like. Because, I mean, I read about – th- there was a Raw where he, like, described what they had to do to him, or I read about it, and it's brutal. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how that guy ever worked again. Oh, he – if you really want to, like, read up on it, for those who – out there in the audience who haven't, like, he – Brutus really should have died. Like, that's how devastating – He has, like – he has, like, just plates all in his face, like, to hold, like – he had to have plates, like, installed, like, hundreds of them installed in his face, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, his face literally got caved in. Like, he yeah. should have died – but he didn't. And the fact that he even came back to do wrestling is like insane. Yeah. Cause it, cause, cause it was a parasailing incident and someone like pretty much flew, like going really fast, like knees or feet first yeah, right like, into his face. He got basically like knee right in the face. Yeah. With someone going like boat speed, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was brutal. Um, cause he missed like a year and a half. I think he might've missed two years. No, no, he missed two and a half years, I think, because I think it happened in 90 and then he was gone till 93. What? This is a really random like sidebar. Who is that? Who is the MMA fighter who got his? Uh... Oh, Evangelista Santos. Do you remember that? Is he the guy that like fell back on his leg because like it was like a empty boot because he broke his shin? No, it was it was in it. This was uh this is one of the most brutal things I've ever seen. Like he it, he was against Michael Venom Page. Uh, this happened a few years back. It wasn't recent, and he got like a knee to the skull, and that was the end of the match. But he afterwards like they showed photos of him and like his his you could see his head in like dented in Ugh. and there's uh there's like x-rays of his skull his skull is fractured and i don't mean like there's like a hairline fracture i mean it's like if you hard boil an egg and you start peeling off the shell oh, and you know, it starts God. like it starts like you know uh, cracking crack, oh crumbling God. it's like that like he he had to retire and he's lucky that he survived. Like I, it, you gotta think. He, you gotta think like he. He's not like the same human being from like the brain damage that must have. You can't. You can't. You can't be. Like oh. I, I would. I at this point, like I hope that dude just has something of a decent quality of life going. Th- for it. I, I I hope so because that's that's just. My God. Yeah. Well, we know it didn't work well for Beefcake. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I know he has his problems and stuff, but I mean, knowing that kind of injury, because I don't think people realize like how hard it is when you, because I mean, he probably had a severe brain injury with all of that too. 
Mm-hmm. Like you just can't have your brain get damaged like that and not have severe repercussions. No, we really digressed from. Yeah, we did. So back <laughs> this to the show. Yeah. So back to the show. So our main event for this was Eli Drake versus um, Orlando Cologne, aka Epico, for the Universal Title. Um, I actually really liked this match, even though it was in front of like no one. I think that hurt the match a it lot, did. in my opinion. I did like it. It uh, was very. Um, it felt very. It felt like it was from the Attitude Era formula wise, like it was an Attitude Era main event. Yeah. Uh, and he wrestled. He obviously uh, wrestled against Eli Drake. He, <laughs> I just, I can now. Whenever I think of Eli Drake, I just think of like his little uh, power thing. I mean, he's over with the power in WWE yeah. power. It would crack but he because he kept going to the same dude in the crowd and just like fucking with him the whole time. Yeah, he Eli was definitely playing the heel here. Uh, he starts off the match uh, acting like he's going to give that that dude a high five, and then like does the whole like psych, not yeah. <laughs> not going to shake your hand. And then he uh, he was doing a lot of like the old Larry Zabisco stalling the the hell out of the match before actually locking up. He was doing a lot of stalling. Yeah. Uh, I I did think I did like the match. Like he. Uh, Eli Drake had most of the control of this match. Yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of shocked because he kind of, like, I, I've said this about older stuff, but he kind of gobbled Orlando up and spit him out mm-hmm. in this match. But what, what, where I thought this match was really good, and where, where a company like WWC needs stuff like this, is this, this had big league quality work and like flash and mm-hmm. um, refinement to it. Like it really. Like there were good matches on all this stuff, but this match really stood out to me because this was, this could have been in any promotion anywhere, and it would have felt totally in place and stood out as being like a quality outing. Because mm-hmm. like the execution was crisp. I thought um, in both of his matches, actually, I thought Epico is a very strong, like sympathetic babyface. Oh yeah, he uh, he did a great job. Like he, I think was believable as a champion like he does have those things down where he can get the he can convey the emotion of the match uh there was something that this is like an odd thing to note but i guess in the wwe because you know vince likes bigger guys uh i never really appreciated how big epico is and he's not a giant person but he's like he's like six feet tall around like 230 because he looked about the same size as Eli Drake in this match. He's a pretty built guy. Yeah. Um, I was a little shocked, like I, like I said, about Eli having most of the offense here. But I did. This was a this was like a match that if if they actually were to push guys like this, you could see this as like a main event. Like a TV main event on like Raw or SmackDown, probably more on SmackDown, yeah. and it would be perfectly believable, and it would be a good match. Like it would be a match that, uh, even if the rest of the show sucked, like you'd probably tell your buddies, like, uh, just watch the main event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think I also think this is a good match for them though, because like I said, it 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 feels polished, it feels it feels big, and I think that's mm-hmm. gonna help them maybe draw more people down the road. 
Because it feels like between this episode and the other one that they're kind of, they've kind of brought some outsiders in to kind of like freshen it up a bit, a bit. Because in the other, we, I, I actually chose these episodes at random, and we ended up with two Epico matches. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't do. Oh, that I thought purpose. you. No. Oh wow, I thought you did. No, I just I wanted the Eli Drake match, so I went looking for that, and then I just randomly picked. When I picked it out, there was I picked the second to newest episode. So it just happened to have an Epico match in it. But um, so in this one, you know, they had Eli Drake, who's obviously an outsider to the company. But then we went to um, the newer one in Texano Jr., who wouldn't be like a native talent to, to WWC as far as I know. So, yeah, I, I was like, I know I've seen this dude before. And then I had to do some research and I was like, oh, it's Texano. Yeah. And I I'm, go ahead. I'm going to skip ahead to that match. I thought that match wasn't as good as this one, but I also thought that match served its purpose. Mm-hmm. Other than the weird thing, like where they had him like win the match, and then you know they did the referee thing, and then restarted the match, and Orlando like instantly won. I I don't know. I actually kind of like the Texano match more. Um. I don't know. Like I thought, I guess I liked Texano's healing a bit more. There um, was also, but I think I think why you like that better though is they were working mm-hmm. in front of an actual crowd that you could hear. That probably did help. It did. It, it added more to it, and they they both guys. This it, it's not their fault, but they came off more like stars. Yeah. Because it was like a crowd, and they were they were clearly reacting. They really and, hated Texano. Yeah, that really did add something to the match, I felt. Oh, he was pissing them off, and I don't even know. Yeah. I wonder if they actually are going to do a little more business with him, uh, because clearly this was like a schmoz finish. Afterwards, I actually was reading up a little bit online. Uh, Afterwards, he he cut like a promo or said something, maybe on social media, something, where he was like, you know, I won the match, and I... Uh, like I should deserve to be champion. I'm. I should be the champion. I'm the champion, uh, and I was cheated out of it. So to me, that sounds like they're building towards another match down the road, which I think would be good. Well, that's one thing I did like about these shows, despite some of the production problems. I kind of like their <clears throat> the way they the way they kind of formatted the shows. So like the way the show works is like they usually have like an opening segment mm-hmm. with someone talking. And then you have like an announcer guy kind of talk about what's going to be on the show. And then you have a couple matches and then you have guys cut promos to end the show out. I actually kind of like that. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting and it felt more, it felt more sporty to me. Yeah. Also uh, for the second episode, because we're going to start getting into that. um, They did a little, (laughs) they did a little quick recap cap of hercules ayala who just passed away last well a couple weeks ago um i do know a bit about him so he was like he was like a number two-ish face for a long time in puerto rico and then he did that thing with um carlos cologne you know where it's like hey man you know give me a title shot and you know kind of got the oh no you're my friend and then he turned heel and you know won the belt so that's kind of how his big angle in um, Puerto Rico played out. Mm. This was in like the heydays. This is like when like 
you know, guy like legit, you know, like legit big like Stan Hansen was going over there and stuff. So this would probably be in like the promotion's heyday. Mm. So yeah, he passed away. I it's probably been three weeks now. But um, yeah. So that's who they were. That's who they were tributing at the start. So then we get um. So the first match was La Revolution versus um. Chaos Abaddon. and Abaddon, yeah. Yeah. Who, who I, and, uh, I believe are the tag champions. They either won them here or they were the champs. So it was either a rematch of the match where they won the belts or this was the match where they won the belts. But I wasn't sure. I did see this result online, but I actually I actually really liked this match. I thought mm-hmm. this was a well-executed, like, smaller team versus big team. Uh, I thought this match was okay. This was the match more than anything else. Kind of reminded me of like, like like CMLL Lucha Libre, which uh, the, that's like the good and bad. Like, yeah, I thought it was okay, but I also felt like there was like they could have just had the match. That who was who was like the manager that was kept in injecting I saw his himself. Name earlier but i don't remember what his name was yeah it just like it i thought it was okay i didn't think this match was anything like special to me no it was it was it was like a perfectly adequate television match yeah it was like oh it's 10 minutes oh that was kind of fun like the big guys threw the smaller guys around a bit and um did some cool spots and that's the end of it like it was neither it was neither memorable or, nor offensive. Like, if, if you were to star it, it would be like a two-star match. Mm-hmm. The guy, both teams could use better ring gear, though. Oh, yeah. But I did appreciate uh, Abaddon and Chaos having their names on their butts because that really... <laughs> yeah, that was helpful in recognizing who they are. Yeah. Um, so then up next, the one guy was... The guy that won was Riviera, and I could... I'd, I, I looked at the guy's name on the placard, but I can't remember what it was. It was like Javier or something, maybe. That's probably wrong. I know the one guy was like Riviera, though, because I heard them say that. So this match, um, the next match was, it felt very much like if you watch a Young Lions match in um, New Japan. Mm-hmm. It felt like these were young guys kind of just having a match with each other. Like it was a lot of like spots showing what they could do, but I don't feel like anything really tied this stuff together very well. Wait, who were the two guys again? Riviera. Riviera was was the guy that won with the longer hair. And then the bald guy. Yeah. I couldn't find that on a thing. I think they called him. I want to say Javier, but I think that's wrong. He only had like a single name and I couldn't find them on any results. So I'm not sure what his name was. Okay. I tried. Let me see if I can find it. But yeah, um, I don't know. What did you think of this one? Um, I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was anything special, but um, he was kind of just like younger. I think Riviera is a guy who they they probably see as uh, kind of like a star down the road. Jovan, I think, was his name. Okay, I, I say that, and Riviera could be like a, t- a ten-year pro. I don't, I don't know, but they felt, uh, they felt very, um, they felt very, they felt very like twenty-two-ish, and this is like they've been in it for like a year. Mm-hmm. 
That's how they felt. It felt like I said, it felt like a Young Lions match. Like they were just kind of like. Yeah. Doing stuff. It was, I don't know. It was. This I felt was the weakest of the, of the. I feel like technically it was better than the street fight, but I enjoyed the street fight more. This got like about two minutes in and I was bored. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't anything special. At least the street fight was kind of like fascinating. So, I also feel like these guys didn't have a lot of personality. Yeah. That's true. And then we we talked a little bit about the main event, then we go off to um we go off to the the main event which was Texano Jr. challenging challenging um Orlando Cologne for the universal title and um I thought this is another solid outing for a main event. Mm -hmm. No, I like this one a lot, actually. It was, I liked um, Texano really, I liked him kind of just, we, I know Shad and I call it roughnecking. I just liked him trying to like beat up Orlando. And I thought um, Orlando's um, like hope spots really good. Like I like his bulldog and he's like, he executes his moves really nice. Mm Mm-hmm. He actually really reminds me of um, not the later version, but like when he was the IC champion, like very Bret Hartish, mm-hmm. like how he like get like how he like executes his spots and gets stuff in. Like it reminded me of that very much. I could see that. I could see a little bit of that. So let's um let's kind of and and I apologize. Shad had to do something, so he might not reappear necessarily tonight but um so let's let's kind of go over like let's i kind of wanted to break this down a little different because there was like the language barrier and stuff so we can't really like get into the angles and all that stuff other than i think the big angle has been like um eddie cologne and and orlando are having some issues because of like him being the champion and eddie wanting to be champion Mm -hmm. so let's kind of like so since we kind of have to base it, you know, past the angles, so let's kind of like go over the pros. Like, what do you think you like most about this? I, I, I like that kind of variety. It it did remind me. I mean, I know it again. I know it has Lucha Libre in the title, but it did kind of remind me of like the old, like when I was watching like CMLL back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I like they did try to like have a variety because you had like. You had a, a I, I, I'll charitably call it like a death match. Um, and then you also had you know, like the Young Lions match. You had two different championship matches with Epico that did kind of have like a, like a big match feel to them. Uh, so it was kind of, I don't know if they were trying to do like a sports entertainment. You know, there's something for everyone here versus just trying to work one style. So I kind of did like that. I think they were trying to be, um, not be just niche, just trying to actually like appeal to a wider base. I kind of like that. I like that there was something that kind of for in these matches that we, uh, sorry, the two shows that we saw, like there was some kind of something for everyone. I like the use of like the talent for, like the different talent for Epico, because Eli Drake and Texano Jr. are obviously very different <laughs> workers very different but i also think um they stood out against like 
the more homegrown talent, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, and it also lets him feud and beat someone that you don't necessarily need to be around. You know, it's very territory esque that he can just beat them and then they can go on their merry way and bother him no more. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I thought that I, I also thought like I agree with what you said, like the variety was nice. I generally thought the in ring work was good. Mm-hmm. If if a little unpolished in places, but I generally thought I generally thought the workers were good. Uh yeah. I agree. Some were better than others, but uh I would agree that, that it was they generally it was good. There was no one I thought was outrageously terrible. Yeah. And then, um, so, so what would you go with? Like, what were your big, like, what didn't you care for with this? Uh, I wasn't overly, uh, impressed with, what was it? Uh, who was it? That's his name again. Savant. Yeah. Savant. I wasn't overly impressed with him. Um, the tag match, uh, I thought was okay. I wasn't like wild by that. Um, but other than that, I think I I did kind of I thought everything was at least watchable. The uh, the young lion we're calling it the young lions match. It was just kind of there. It wasn't offensive though. No, but I mean I mean you do, I mean when you watch those in New Japan though, and I could be wrong. Those guys could be like thirty two years old and been doing this for ten years, and mm-hmm. then you know they're gonna listen to this and be pissed off at us. But um, <laughs> you know it's kind of like with the New Japan match though. When you see a couple of guys you think are young lions come out, you kind of you kind of lower your expectations because you know, like you just know mm-hmm. it's like when like you go to a, like a comedy club and like some stand up comic that's been doing it for three years walks up. You kind of like, you kind of lower the bar just because you don't want to like set them up to fail in your brain. Mm-hmm. But, um, I also, I think the cons for me were, um, they made it really hard uh, to follow if you did not speak Spanish. And I know, I know, I know that they are, that that is not their concern because they're just, they're just producing it for, you know, a single country that is Spanish speaking. But even going back to like the nineties when, you know, you watch something like, um, new japan or like cmll or something they made it far easier as um as a um as a non as someone that didn't speak the language with less ability to google things they mm-hmm. made it far easier in those days to like kind of have an idea because even even it would have made it easier if they had produced it differently and like you could hear the ring announcer, which used to get you by in like New Japan and All Japan. Mm-hmm. And you know, CMLL used to have like they used to have some graphics, which I know that costs money and everything, but um, that helps a lot too to kind of get a feel for people. Because there, there was a lot like... of there was a lot of forward fast forwarding to like their advertisements for the next show and seeing like the okay like that guy kind of looks like the guy in the match so I bet that's who it is. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that for me. Yeah, um, 
Uh, that's a fair criticism. I think that places like uh, All Japan or New Japan are a little like less accessible. I mean, they're sorry. I had that backwards. They have they're like more accessible than yeah. this felt at times. Because even even like so even for me though, it's like you're on YouTube. Like just put a match listing on the comment of the video. Yeah, even if you put it in Spanish, like at least I will know who the guys are. Well, I can read Spanish. I can't speak it as well, but I can read it pretty well. Like, uh, I mean, the, I went to the their, notes. I went, I went to their website, and I couldn't even. Oh like, God, I did too, and there was nothing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not a professionally done website. No, it's like so. A I couldn't. Yeah, I, I couldn't even find like who some of these guys were. It's not like the WWE. If you go on their page, they have a, no. or even I like used... places like Ring of Honor. Like, a, it's a handy like roster page. You can at least see who's the, on the roster. I use cagematch.net, yeah. um, but the, the most recent show wasn't on there because I think they get intermittent because that's also a problem. What also made it hard is like no one on the internet really covers them well, mm -hmm. so it's hard to pick it up that way. So that's not their fault. Like they just don't, they just don't have the internet presence, but yeah, that made it kind of hard. Like I, like I said, I wish they had put the match listing like on YouTube just because, you know, it makes it hard because this is actually... It wouldn't be my top priority, but I could see like on a slow Saturday, like putting a couple episodes of this on mm -hmm. or even just tuning in. Like, honestly, like I'll probably like a couple weeks from now, probably troll these shows for a bunch of Epico matches because I enjoyed the two he did. Yeah. I want them to bring in more um, kind of outside talent for if you really think about it. Uh, I know that the Eli Drake match was from September, but Epico, unless it's changed in the last like few days, uh, has still been under WWE contract. Yeah. So I mean, him against like Texano Jr. Uh, that's that's one thing because Texano Jr. is almost primarily just in Mexico. It's kind of wild to see Eli Drake, who is uh, an Impact guy and now NWA Power. Like, yeah. actually working a match against uh, essentially a WWE contracted worker. Yeah. It was crazy seeing old-ass Carlito now, too. Yeah, Carlito's probably like 40 at least, right? He ain't pretty no more. Yeah. I also, um, I would love, they should bring in L.A. Park. If you bring in L.A. Park, though, you gotta have him be in, like, a top angle. Yeah. You don't want to waste him. But I mean, I mean, he's gonna he'll go for the plunder. I'm sure he's fine setting stuff on fire. Oh yeah, he is. How old is L.A. Park now? Oh, he's old. Let me look. He's got to be in his fifties. Oh, he's fifty-four. Oh, he's fifty-four. Mm-hmm. Wow. What show is he gonna be? What show is he gonna be working on? Uh, in WrestleCon weekend. I don't know. Joey Janela needs to throw him some cash. He threw him cash last year. Remember, they did Masato Tanaka for, versus um, L.A. Park. Oh, that's right. And it was glorious, except for the part where, like, they, they're, like, two seconds into the match, and he just pops Tanaka right on the top of his head with a chair. But, yeah, they, um, they did not disappoint with their match. They just went all out crazy. You know, um... This is just an aside. I I didn't order the the collective last year. 
um, for whatever reason. I was just like, I never got around to it. And then I'm like, you know what? I wonder if it's still available. Let me go buy it now on fight and it's gone. And I, I felt wow. very, I felt very sad, which makes sense. Cause I mean, we're only like two months out from WrestleMania. Like there, it makes sense to like take it off, but uh, I was very sad. I should have gotten it last year. Cause I ended up getting like half the shows anyway, because I got both spring breaks and I got, um, I'd have to look at the name, like the orange Cassidy is doing something kind of. Mm. Yeah. I, I might've gotten blood sport last year. I don't remember. Did I get Bloodsport? I don't know. Now I have to see what the name of that Orange Cassidy show was. They might do a Wombat show. There might be a Wombat show? or I, are... I, I'm just theorizing. Hmm. Let's uh, see. I... It was Orange Cassidy is doing something or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. There is a that had the Yuletide death match of Nick Gage defeating Ultramantis Black. Hmm. That also had the one minute time limit match of Trent and Chuck Taylor. I'm looking at Fight TV right now. There is it looks like there is a a Game Changer Wrestling three pack for thirty five dollars. Oh, what's on it? Do you know? It's I guess they're doing three shows in um, Tokyo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Um, but I, what is that going to be, though? Because I don't know if that's going to be like just deathmatch stuff. It's hard to tell with them. Let me see. They might have. One of those might have taken place already. No, they haven't taken place yet. They usually, they usually change it up, though. Because, like, they're surprisingly not. They have some. They have a lot of shows about deathmatches on it, honestly. Or they keep it to like one or two matches. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited. I know. I know Shad would would gag, but I'm kind of excited about the the low key versus Nick Gage match on the, the Mania Weekend GCW show. Well, hopefully he kills uh, Nick Gage kills <laughs> low key. <laughs> they, I'm excited because they, they started announcing some more stuff last week, and I actually um. I actually was liking some of the stuff I saw. What are they announcing? Um, let me bring it up real quick and we can talk about it. I saw... Da, 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 da. Yes, this is compelling. Well, Jordan Oliver has a match in um, Jimmy Lloyd's Degeneration F. Um... Too young versus Dan Housen at Prestige Wrestling. Hmm. That should be interesting. Uh, Shingo Takagi versus Bandito, which I am pumped for that. That's wow, that that on. should that'll be good. John Moxley versus um, Josh Barnett. Uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Chris Dickinson at Bloodsport Three, and then Jeff Cobb and Davy Boy Smith Jr. announced for that. Uh, oh, this is the one. The ICW show. Tessa Blanchard versus Amazing Red. That'll probably be a good match. And S.A. Rios versus Tony Deppin. Oh, S.A. Rios? Huh. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. 
Uh, Jordan Grace versus John Silver. Oh, here's one. Brian Cage versus Scott Steiner. I would be more excited for that if I hadn't seen oh, yeah. Scott Steiner wrestle recently. See, Alex Shelley versus Tony Deppin is at Joey Janela's Spring Break 4. Hmm. Um, oh, Tom Lawler versus Haku, obviously. I'm seeing yes. Tom Lawler versus Effie. Wait, who's against Effie? Tom Lawler, Filthy Tom. So he's against he's fighting Effie and Haku at the, uh, the same same night. Well, same at least like same weekend. Yeah, and then um, Nick Gage or Stefan Bonner. Interesting. Yeah. But instead, that's what Stefan Bonner wants to to do. He wants to. I'm a little surprised that he hasn't done more. Yeah. I mean, he's not hes not that young, right? Isn't he like 40? Oh, he's, I mean, he was doing the UFC. He's over 40. Before. He's yeah. 42. Um, I know he did some stuff with Impact. I, I had heard he wasn't bad. I didn't really see a bunch of his stuff, but... He's a smart guy. I think he. Um, I think he'll adjust. Hmm. And then, let's see, there was one more on here. Oh, Carlos Romo versus Super Crazy versus Myron Reed. I actually think Myron Reed might have the might be the guy that comes out of this like as the breakout guy this year. Could be. He uh he he definitely I think has a lot of uh he's, talent. He's starting to get that What I'm seeing with Myron Reed is he's slowly starting to get that grassroots buzz. Mhm. And I think he's earned it, though. I mean, he's pretty hes pretty good, I think. Another guy who I think is one to watch is Chris Bay. Yeah. He, uh, I saw him. So uh, it, it, for people who are uh, familiar with Observer, the Observer first stuff or the Observer board, uh, Ed from San Antonio. Um, I know Ed. He... Uh, he actually promoted a show uh, in Vegas the weekend of Double or Nothing, and Chris Bay actually main evented against uh, Shotsky Blackheart, mm-hmm. and it was a good match. And he's a guy who has a lot of talent. Uh, I think he's popped up recently on Impact, or has done some stuff with Impact. Uh, well, actually, okay. maybe it actually may have been. A, I don't know. It's, it may have been some time ago. I'm not. I'm not really up to date on Impact, to be quite honest with you. They 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 give a lot of people a chance right now. Yeah, he. Uh, I know he's done at least a match or two with them. I we, think we actually we actually talked about it on the show you missed, but Shad actually worked the match with one of their recent signings. And he did mention that. Yeah, he worked with Larry D for a match mm-hmm. who they signed. Um, I think Chris Bay has a lot of talent. I think he's. Uh, he has potential to be like a breakout star if he just gets like the right exposure. Yeah, there's a lot of guys like that, and I'm glad that people are getting the opportunity. I mm-hmm. think that's one of the few benefits to the WWE hoarding talent is it's giving it's giving some guys like a chance at the at the at the secondary companies. Yeah. Wow, looking him up. First off, he's 23, so he's 
he's got a long, like, long career ahead of him if he wants to. Uh, he's from Alexandria, Virginia, so he's just outside the D.C. area. He's in the D.C. area. He's a D.C. area born and raised, but he, uh, I guess, he lives in Vegas. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So what do you? So let's let's uh, let's take a slight turn because it's it's gonna it's gonna come up and we're probably gonna we might mention it next week. But how bad do you think the WWE earnings are gonna be? I think it's gonna be bad. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I don't think they're gonna lose money, but I think they're gonna vastly like underperform. Uh, I yeah, I think they absolutely. It's gonna uh, well, I could actually. I think they could be underwater for like fourth quarter. I mean, they do it by quarter. Which yeah. quarter? This would be for the fourth quarter, right? Yeah, but the problem that people have pointed out, though, is if it's really bad for the fourth quarter, the first quarter of this doesn't have mania. Mm-hmm. So whatever their fourth quarter is going to look like is probably going to be their first quarter. Hmm. thing is, they're canceling house shows because they're losing money. They have way too, way, way, way too many people under contract that they're not even using. And they can't use them because, again, like the the live, even if you don't use them on TV, there's only so many hours on TV. Even with the network, there's only so much content that you can create. They're not using them on house shows. They, they could, but they can't because those house shows aren't making money. Cause it, costs, mm-hmm. it costs a lot to tour. I mean, that's why... Like AEW isn't touring. Their the tour, their tour is the TV show that hops around every yeah. month, every week. Um, it, they're not actually doing other stuff because that's expensive. You have to get the venue. You have to travel guys to and fro places. It's it's a lot. So WWE isn't and making they, money. Like they're and they've um they're losing money elsewhere. Like merchandising went down. I think network subscriptions are down. Um, people have been posting like graphs of their Google metrics and those are way down. Like they're they're everything but the TV in Saudi Arabia money is down. Mm-hmm. And there's a point where the money can only cover that for so long. Like if you're losing money on everything else, like it's going to eat into those profits. And I think that's what's that's what's going to hurt them is even if they made money, people are going to be like, well, you sign this huge TV deal. Where's that money? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be good. I think, I think the network subscriptions are going to be way down. Alvarez was was um, hypothesizing he thinks it's going to be under a million, which would be very bad. Yeah, I mean Meltzer the product. Was, mm-hmm. I was going to say Meltzer was kind of saying though because I was listening to him and Alvarez talk about it, and Meltzer said like investors are being kind of stupid too because they expected all of that money just to go into their pocket and that the talent wasn't going to get any of it, and mm-hmm. obviously you know the talent is getting some of it but i mean i also think that's a problem too though because i mean i know i know the talent deserves money but you can't be paying like lower mid carters half a million dollars a year yeah and that not like affect your bottom line yeah you can't be giving guys like mike canellis yeah like three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year yeah he's i'm sorry he's not worth it like he He's never been worth it. And even yeah. you could let, what are you going to do? Like he's going to go main event AEW. I mean, AEW in, in a sense, uh, their, their revenge of sorts against the WWE is convincing them to pay like guys that they have, would have otherwise have no interest in like big money just to keep them. Obviously, the thing is, I don't think AEW is ever going to, they're not going to be like impact was, they're not going to just sign 
I don't anyone think so. that was affiliated to the WWE. Like they're obviously going to get Brody Lee because if they if he had never worked for WWE, he would have been with them anyway. Yeah, and also we don't know even if they do sign certain people, we don't know what types of contracts it would be. It may not even be like a long term contract. I think they might yeah. be they might be slick where it's like well, we'll sign you like a six month contract or we'll sign you to a one year contract because we we have like a lot of people on our roster our roster already. And I think they are going to expand eventually, maybe this year, because they have that second show that they'll be starting. Yeah. Uh, so they'll have more content. But I, again, there's not there's Cody has already said he said like a, months ago. I think he even like was basically trolling the WWE it could, when they were, it, that was I think back when they were announcing like they're signing guys like Mike Kanellis, like let's give him half a million every year. It's like he he trolled the WWE, where he's like, you guys think that we want we're gonna take everyone. It's like there's like a handful of guys we would take, which is kind of like a dick thing to say almost, but um, I think it's partly true. Like they're not if if Fandango gets eliminated, like yeah. terminated tomorrow, I don't think they care about Fandango. They might take Tyler Breeze, though. Um, they would maybe take Tyler Breeze. They like the revival. The, revi- the revival allegedly, you know, oh, they would doesn't does, doesn't want to resign. Like they would take the revival. Yeah, and they'd probably take like you know they'd probably take Joe. Oh yeah, you there know, guys pe- like that. There are people on that roster who they would hands down, I'm sure, take like Samoa Joe. Yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure. Like, and I'm pretty sure like when Randy Orton was kind of like hinting that he would do it i'm betting there were some texts would just be like hey dude you serious because i don't think i would necessarily want randy orton in aew but if you're aew like you got i mean you have to kick the tires on that i think you would because he's such an established star i think yeah, you, you, gotta, would, you would entertain it I, I think that's i think that's one of the things where you might not make him a serious offer but i think i think you have to do it. You have to do your due diligence. You have to go kick the tires a bit and feel them out a bit because you wouldn't be doing your job if you passed up on on that level of talent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if 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 you're AEW and John Cena pops up and is like, "Hey, I want to work a couple shows for you," you're not going to be like, "Oh, well, you don't fit our vision." It'd be like, "Okay, how much do you want?" Yeah. Like, see if we can make this work. Yeah, what you wouldn't do is you wouldn't sign John Cena to like a three-year, multi-million-dollar contract where he has to work like nine matches. Yeah, like they just gave Edge. Now, in fairness to Edge, like he, I, I'm sure the matches he's going to do, it's like WrestleMania or the Saudi shows or just like some big shows. Um, and at like 46 with a bum neck, like that's that's probably like the wise choice. I feel like I feel like the, the with the edge contract. I feel like that's a thank you contract. Yeah, I, I actually don't have any problem with the edge contract. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like that's the kind of deal you give to a guy like that that's been loyal to you since like '97, and even when he was hurt, mm-hmm. like was doing stuff with you. I think that's a like, hey, like it's great you're cleared to wrestle. Like, hey, why don't you do some big shows with us? And oh, here's like three million dollars a year just because you've done so much for us. Like, let's let's uh here's a thank you Mm -hmm. but they're not even stopping on the signing talent though because like they the report is they just signed timothy thatcher yeah which i'm uh sorry for if you're a wwe fan listening to this like i'm sad about that i'm sad when anybody signs the wwe now um again i don't hate the wwe uh i i 
I'm sorry that I'm in particular so negative against them, but I just don't feel like they're putting out an exciting product. And I, I should be excited that they're signing like really good talent like Timothy Thatcher. But unfortunately I think that their track record is, is such that they sign amazing guys and they don't know what to do with them. And well, they, they him, put him like, I don't, yeah, they either like put him in, in shitty matches or they don't have them at all, or they don't know what to do with them. I mean, they, we talked about it, but the whole, um, we, we kind of glossed over it almost, but the, the Imperium faction Oh yeah, is like a t- like four guys who in a different in a different time, you should be pushing those guys as like the main heels uh, or at least a major heel faction on like your main shows. You should have Walter. I know Walter doesn't want to like do extended tours of the United States. Uh, you should go to a guy like Walter and be like, "Look, we'll pay you. We'll we'll give you more money." You just you we want you to be our top heel for like a year. Just like come and tour the United States for a year. It doesn't have to be like the next five years of your life, but just like the next year, we want to base things around you and just throw money at him and have like, him have him be your new Brock Lesnar, essentially. Hey. I w- if if I was them, I'd be like, okay, dude, here's w- here's what we want to do. One, we want you for two years in the United States. How much money do you need in those two years that you never have to work again? Because we will give it to you. Yeah, I mean, it, but that's an example. Like the, those that, that that Imperium faction is like tremendous. They're just really like talented dudes who you should be pushing them to the moon. And instead, like yeah, they had they had that match where they did something. But when they were doing stuff like around Survivor Series with them, they're having they're like jobbing them out. Yeah, that's and what I like, said last time. Is like that would have been. Their their takeover thing would have been really exciting if they hadn't have already kind of made them a joke. It's around Survivor yeah. Series. So I, I'm not really happy that that Timothy Thatcher is signing. I I'm happy in the sense that you know he's, he, he's money. Yeah, he's a talented dude who uh, he's not he's not young. I think he's like in his in his like late 30s. So it's like get a get a payday. Um, and from what I understand, I. Uh, there's like a, a wrestling group that I'm part of, and I, the rumor going around is that he actually, like, kind of played a little hardball with them, did some negotiations, so he got uh, a better than average contract. What I've seen from like the last like five or six years of mm-hmm. um, of contracts with them is like you come out best is if you if you cock tease Vince a little bit and you tell him no and play hard to get. Yeah, that, that's when you get like the, That's when you get like the good money. Yeah, Vince. Vince. One of Vince's many fetishes is you act like you don't give a damn about yeah his opinion and like yeah I don't care like I, no amount of money and then then he's he gets the the whole like fuck you I can I can pay you as much as I want to to decide this dotted line you will be like under my control yeah. and. And that's how it works out. So, I mean, Tim, look, I looked it up. Timothy Thatcher is thirty six. So that's not that old, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, if you can make if you can make some good money, like yeah, it, it, and wind it that's down. Not, yeah, that's at the age like you're thirty six years old. Like, sign a three four year contract for like good money. No, I mean, like if you're if you're if you're fine, like you don't care about your usage and stuff. Like if you're Gender Mahal, yeah, you know what? And they're like, hey, we want to give you five hundred thousand dollars to do nothing. And maybe get embarrassed with the Singh brothers like once a month. You know what? It's like, 
Hell yeah, dude. Like, I'll take it. Yeah, I would absolutely take that. Oh, Chad's back. (laughs) Yes, sorry, sorry, had some technical stuff, um, but I'm here. And then, like, um, you know, like, for that, but um, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, I was going to say with Vince, though, and his personality, remember when they had all that hubbub about that woman last year bringing her Emmy Award to, like, a meeting? Oh, yeah. And people were acting like she was going to get fired or something. And people didn't like it. And my first reaction was, you know what? Like, I bet Vince loved that and she's going to get promoted. That's that Vince would call that an alpha move and love it. Yeah. Like Vince, Vince would probably be like, laugh it off. And then afterwards, like Pat Patterson, get in here. Like promoter. (laughs) I can see her putting the Emmy on the table being like, no, I think I know a little something about TV. And Vince would go, ho, 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 ho. Well, I guess he wouldn't tell Pat Patterson to get in there because they got into it at um, whose funeral did oh. they embarrass themselves at? Rocky Johnson. Oh, Rocky Johnson. Oh, yes, 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 yes. What, was Ooh. was Pat just in his cups, as they say? Like, what what was the deal with? Yeah, I don't remember now. The theory is that he was either sauced or he's starting to lose some faculties. Pat, look, I, I've been to a few funerals. Like, how do you get sauced at a funeral you you pregame like a boss i guess yeah oh okay i i don't think i've ever done that i've I've, i haven't either but that's the only thing i can think of (laughs) okay (laughs) but it, it the the scary part is that if um if it's not what's the phrase if it's not um inflicted or if it's not the result of alcohol or something like that, then that means Patterson's falling apart and, and no one stopped him from, um, no one stopped him from going to speak at this funeral. So, so who started it? I'm curious. Cause I don't remember. Did Pat start it or did Vince start it? I don't know. Oh, so I, I I had to like look it up, and this is all like secondhand. So who knows? Like, but uh, I guess Vince started it. Um, <laughs> okay, I want this to be true. I'm so, I don't I, I don't mean any disrespect to the family, um, and obviously I'm a big fan of The Rock, so I don't I don't want to see his his dad uh, insulted like this. But I hope this part no, is. His dad, I hope, his dad was his dad was fucking good. He doesn't get the credit he deserves because no one yeah. was like no one remembers him. Yeah, his his granddad was good too. Like I saw some of that stuff on a '70s WWE <clears> cop. Like Peter Maivia was a boss too, man. He could cut a promo. Mm, I haven't seen any of his stuff, but uh, I saw him turn heel on Backlund and cut like this really good promo and there's not much footage mm-hmm. of him and then i was sad uh one thing that allegedly happened was that vince got up to speak and said rocky did one good thing in his life he married atta and had some kids <laughs> which that's kind of a shitty thing to say but this is the part i hope is true it says then he did his working strut off the platform and sat down <laughs> i want him to have done the vince strut I you know what? Thing. I'm sure he did. There, I, I, I would absolutely believe that he did. That sounds like a joke gone bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh, uh, Pat Patterson allegedly uh, was given a speech and said 
it just basically started like roasting Rocky, uh, laying dead in the casket. He called him yeah. a mother mother effer, and then yeah. started a vulgar rant about how worthless Rocky was, and that allegedly he had to be he was dragged off the platform. Yeah, who um, knows? That's uh, I guess Harry Smith Jr. Uh, confirmed some of these accounts. Yeah, wasn't Rocky Johnson like well liked? I thought so. I thought so too. Did um maybe Pat Patterson got confused and thought he was at Tony Atlas's funeral? <laughs> I didn't think Tony Atlas was dead. I mean, I don't know. Who knows what kind of middle shape Pat's in? He might have just been a little confused. Mm. I I don't know, but it's it's I mean it's a saddening thought. To to just why can't they? I mean, let's. Just, I'm just gonna be serious for a second. Minus like the humor in the situation, like it's someone's funeral. Like, can't you just fucking behave? Yeah, no kidding, right? Uh, you'd be surprised. Oh, I I know. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, you would think though that some people would be, you know, someone would have stepped up and been like, no, 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 like cut him off way earlier. Or I, I feel like Vince I feel like Vince told like a joke that went bad. Like I don't feel like his was necessarily egregious. I would need to hear him say it. Yeah. Because it, that sounds like that could have been him repeating like maybe like something, you know, Rocky said in his life and stuff. You know, it sounds like something it sounds like something your best man would like jab you with at your wedding, like when he gives yeah. a speech. Yeah, it's like so. he hasn't done anything worthwhile up into his life until the day he got married to her. So, congratulations, you got a lot of work ahead of you, or something like that. Like yeah, that, like that would be a a joke, but man, um, it a funeral's not a time for that. No. Oh, I forgot about that until we were thinking about that. Huh. Is is there anything in my trying to get back in here that I missed out on that I need to No, we were talking about Connor. um we we're we kind of were going off because off on a tangent because of like the earnings report that's due I think Thursday. Oh yeah, waiting for that shoe to drop. Yeah. Cuz you know they they fired what their CFO and who was the other one? Vice president in charge of something I can't remember. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if if you don't know, you don't just fire your CFO like that. That's typically not normal. Usually, there's like succession plans and like months and months of overlap as one works with the other one. Yeah. Or you just pay them to go sit in a corner for like six months. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to find. Okay, so George Barrios was the other one, and in the stuff that I'm finding, he was WWE co-president. Yeah, he was the one in charge of like the network, I think, and um, the the TV deals and all that stuff. Um, not to make light of it, but did him changing the network interface lead to him getting canned? <laughs> I don't know I if you would even. But I could almost believe that. 
that feels like that kind of changes to um, isn't worth his attention. If my knowings of how corporate America works, that would never get more than five seconds of his attention. Like he would, he would be, he'd be zoned out by the third word of any talk of a UI. I can't argue that point, but I, I feel like that it's something you should have been paying attention for. I'm kind of wondering if this, I'm kind of wondering if this is going to be because I, the network subs are going to come back and be like really bad. Like we're talking like 750,000 subscriptions. Ooh, yeah. That would be really bad. Yeah. It would. Yeah. Because Brian Alvarez brought up a great point that um, I never even considered is that they kind of totally undercut the network because they're giving away NXT for free. Oh, that's a good point. And they've also doubly screwed it because they've been hot shotting it and they've been giving away takeover quality stuff every week. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. And I would also argue the last two takeovers haven't had very good build, so it hasn't really made anyone want to watch them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if that's if that might be what it is because I've been wondering, and a lot of people are. I'm wondering if it's because the network like fell on its face. As much as they've been trying to push it, uh, you know what? I'd believe it. And you're right. That new that you well see. I I actually canceled my subscription in November just because I was tired of paying for it, and I despise like you said. I despise the new interface. Yeah, I have mine uh, largely for access to older stuff, but the I'm I'm giving them until Mania, and if I'm not like reengaged by then, then I'm gonna probably cancel mine out. Because um, look, I'm not. Why? Why would I keep throwing? Why would I keep throwing money at it? Yeah, and there's other services like you can invest that money into New Japan Beyond, Chikara. Yeah. Like there's there's other avenues to spend that money that you might get more enjoyment out of. Or mm-hmm. I could just sample a bunch of other stuff and try it. Yeah. So. And there's 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 services with multiple companies that put their stuff on there. Yeah. I actually will. I'll, I'll give a plug. Um, uh, like a follower of us on uh, Twitter, and uh, I don't, did you guys ever um, back in the day buy stuff from IVP Videos? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, I still well, do that occasionally. That dude. Uh, if you go on his Twitter page, which is IVP Videos, um. It's new dot IVP videos. I think it's it's got a like a, it's got a it's got a weird like web page. Yeah, but his, his um he he just started a Patreon, which I signed up for. It's only five dollars a month, and every every month he is throwing up like I think it's like fifty um, shows, which it's mostly like Japanese stuff. Uh-huh. But it's you literally will have like an entire you will have more content if you watch like one show a day, like you will have more content than you can do in in a month. 
for five dollars, and that's like just half the wow. cost of the WWE. Uh, and it's not it's not not everything is like you know New Japan like the latest New Japan show. Some of it's older stuff. Uh huh. Um, but again, it's like five dollars. You get a ton of content. Uh, so he's probably the best guy to get comps from because his per disc rate is pretty cheap. Yeah, and he uh, he also if you if you, if you just don't even want discs, you want it digitally. He has um, he has it set up like this particular the the Patreon that he's set up. It's really all just through a Google Drive. He used to have a he had a he had a he had a digital service like years ago, and it was amazing because you could get you could get like a disc for like a buck fifty, no shipping. He uh yeah if you just and want... he used to do like a free show every week it was great like I got all these weird comps mm-hmm. like Dusty Roads in Japan that had like I think like Dusty and like someone versus Sergeant Slaughter and Stan Hansen or something mm-hmm. yeah so Wait. that's uh, just an example of like there's con there if you want to you can find content out there non WWE content. Yeah, and he does sales sometimes. Like, there's I don't remember what they are, but they're like I think like buy ten get one. Like, that he does sales sometimes if you if you sign up. I know, I know I have way too many discs because he became a thing. Yeah, <laughs> because you know, but well, see, like when he came around, it was still like ten bucks a show, and then you have this dude show up and is like, oh, you know, three dollars gets you a disc, and it's like okay. I'll do that. I mean, what was the time frame on that again? For what? When when, when, when he first when hit. you were getting, yeah. Oh, like two thousand five, two thousand six. I think is when he really hit. God, and you if you were to buy the the compilation stuff from the professional companies, you're like twenty, thirty bucks. I mean, when he, when he hit, like, it was just starting to reliably shift from VHS to DVD. Yeah. So I think he actually, I think I think I started using him, like, when... <laughs> Bless you. So, sorry. That, <laughs> that, was, that was in the background here. So, yeah, so he kind of, I think, because when I started actually getting stuff on DVD is when he when he um, hit because of, I know, I know when I got my first like real adult job, there were a couple of months where he got a couple hundred dollars from me. <laughs> well, fair enough. Cause you know, when you, you're not married and you have a job that pays you pretty well, why not follow for Japanese wrestling companies at the same time? <laughs> if you, if you want to. Yeah. But then, you know, you get married and you have less time and energy and then you don't do that anymore. So before we go, uh, since Shad kind of missed the Puerto Rico talk, so Shad, let's kind of summarize what your thoughts were. Like, what did you like about the Puerto Rico shows? Um, the thing that I really liked about the Puerto Rico show, I, uh, I, would, I would point at... Um, the Eli Drake versus Epico match because they had a really I thought they had a, a you know a good match with a compelling story 
they did a couple of things that I liked. They didn't try to get overcomplicated, but they were also engaging. Um, I really, I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed seeing that. I really got engaged in it. Um, the The street fight from that episode was also. Uh, well, to truth be told, it was really like about like a lot of other street fights I've seen. So, uh, it just happened to have different spots they were going for with it. The other thing that got me, um, from, from that, uh, cause I, I got to watch that one episode. I didn't get to dive into the most recent one, unfortunately, but the other thing that got me was even though I didn't have you know, I don't speak Spanish. Um, I, uh, you know, I had just terrible YouTube translate to, to lean on. But the way that they they built the story through the promo and through the video package about this promoter is trying to mess with the Cologne family by pitting Epico and Primo or Orlando and Primo now, I guess, um, against. I think he goes by Eddie in Puerto Rico. So Orlando and Eddie? Yeah. Okay. Trying to pit them against each other to tear the family apart. And then here comes Carlito, and he's like, from what I could gather, he was telling the promoter, he's like, no, 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 no. You know, you're not tearing the family apart. And the promoter's just like, oh, by the way, um, you're the ref, and throws a striped shirt at him, which was funny because the refs in this company seem to wear the white shirt and bow tie like in WCW. So why did Carlito get a striped shirt? Um, <laughs> but that storyline was, that was really interesting to me. Even as little as I could suss out from the watching of it, the, the stuff that they did and like, you know, the fact that Eddie came to Orlando and dropped this on him, like right after Orlando won and dropped it on him and is putting this, you know, putting this to him and he's, he's in the... Orlando's in the ring with his wife and his kid, and they're celebrating. And then, you know, his cousin, his best friend, comes and drops this on him. And then there's this this subtle tension between them. You know, um, Eddie made sure that that Eli Drake didn't didn't screw Orlando in that match. And then Orlando snatches the belt away from him and backs away before he comes back and shakes his hand and hugs him. Like I'm like, oh wow, this is. This is a good, and then you throw Carlito in as the ref, and and now this promoter has found a way to pit the entire family against itself. I'm like, wow, okay, I am. Uh, that is that is some engaging stuff. They had a three way match in November. Did they? At the results? Yeah, it wasn't for the title though. Well, uh, okay. Well, but just just that story. Um, is really intriguing to me. Uh, just and and how they've been doing it. I like that. Uh, what are there, are there things that you did not like about it? Yeah, I have to be fair. Um, for a company that has had a long-term TV deal and has been as successful as it is, I understand needing to keep costs down. But on the other hand. A lot of some of what I saw looked a lot like shows I worked, um, and that I worked at I worked at some play. They had their stuff together, but you know, they're still they're tying it together with a shoestring budget. And I'm like, 
you know, um, that the presentation uh, bothered me some, right? It's like, why? If you guys are going to be recording, you know, uh, a title match with a guy you brought in specifically for this, maybe set up an entryway, maybe get encourage everybody to be sitting, you know, right about where the, the hard cam is going to be. The the echoey gym is kind of a, a long-standing indie trope, but on the other hand, it's like, I don't know, is... I don't know well enough to know if, if that would be... if that was their best venue or if there was somewhere else they could have done it that might have presented it better, but... We theorize they run that town and that's the only venue they can get there. But I would still be like, why would you want that match there? But it's it's I think it's it's good and it's intriguing, but it feels like that they're making budget cuts in places where they shouldn't. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. Matt, you you're real quiet. Am I? Have I offended you with my my waffling middle of the road feedback? No, you're fine. <laughs> okay. So that's that's kind of where I fell. the The ring work is the the Eli Drake and Orlando Cologne ring work. I really enjoyed. You know the fact that Orlando's offense looks like it would work on anybody except like maybe big show you know otherwise his offense looked great you know his working punches looked good i liked all that and i guess using the lung blower is kind of a that's the cologne family finisher i guess oh yeah it is now but that's i I, I really like the ring work i really enjoyed it it's just i don't know i I just i would have liked a little more shine on the presentation yeah that's what i think that's pretty much what matt and i said so, all right. Hey, did you? Hey, is are we about out of gas? I guess. Yeah, I got really tired really quick. Yeah, and there's some like there's some la- like I'm in the basement of my house and there's some car driving around on the street and I'm sitting here and I should not be hearing vehicles on the street and I'm just like, what the hell is that? <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, my apologies for my uh, my issues that pulled me out of it for a while. But um, hey, WWC uh, worth checking out and uh, some engaging stories in it and that sort of stuff. So we want to say thank you all for joining us. This is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three quarters. You're in the fourth, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>